in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is one of the greatest passages of human literature. It gives a full definition and description of what God's love looks like. Here's what the, the love that God gives us, agape love, looks like. And then it closes with verse 13. It says this, now abide these three things, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And so Paul, by the Holy Spirit's inspiration, talked about three magnificent monumental pillars that are, that are essential to our Christian faith, to our Christ-like desires and to kingdom living. He said, here's, here's what the kingdom of God looks like. These monumental truths are faith in God, living in the hope of his kingdom, and walking in the love of Christ. And he said, these three are the constant abiding truths of the kingdom of God. Today we're going to talk about the first of these three, faith. Faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, in fact, just like 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter about love, Hebrews 11 is a chapter about faith. And Hebrews 11, 1 says this, Now faith is, faith is now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so in the Bible, we're taught that faith is a measurable, tangible substance. That God sees what kind of faith, the quantity, the quality of the faith that we have as believers. It's a currency, it's a substance, it's a spiritual reality. And so all of us as believers want to grow to learn to understand faith and then to make sure that we are engaging our faith for its purpose on earth. The next verse of this great chapter says, For by faith... The elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So from another realm, a realm of the spirit, God spoke and created time, space, and matter, and the universe was formed. We believe that by faith. By the way... It's easier to have faith for that than to believe that nothing created something. And that disorder created order and non-life created life. Okay, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, which though he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, though he being dead, it still spoke. So his faith lived past his life. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken he had this testimony that he pleased God. In fact, it's a great study. Enoch walked with God and was not. So God took him and didn't let him experience the natural mortal death. Took him as a, a portrait of really the rapture, the coming of Christ. So Enoch walked with God and that happened. Verse 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Faith believes that God exists and moves toward him. And faith equally and just as importantly believes the second part of that act and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith comes to God in prayer and is standing on the promises of God and expects God to reward faith with the answer. When we pray in faith, we expect our prayer to be answered. We're not just praying for devotional or psychological benefit. We're praying because God answers prayer. And faith believes that. I expect my prayers to be answered. I expect because God said if I ask anything in the name of Jesus, he would answer it. Verse 7 says this, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. So it took Noah, we think, 100 years to build an ark. It had never rained like it rained when the ark was finished. The earth had a different composition. And he built an ark for 100 years on dry ground. And he preached without one convert for 100 years. But his faith saved his family. I'm going to come back to this. God needs one believer in a family to save the whole family. You're building an ark of salvation and deliverance and of the kingdom of God for your family. Believe that and don't let the devil tell you that no matter, you know, that someone's never going to be saved, you hold on to God's promises for your family's salvation. Three simple points. Point number one, faith is a gift from God. Faith is a gift from God. Romans chapter 12 says this, God has distributed to every person a measure of faith. So you and I, in salvation and before salvation, God gave us this seed form of faith. He gave us a measure of it. And so every believer has that. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul's talking about the Holy Spirit's work of salvation, about the grace of Christ, about what it means to be saved. And he says this, for by grace we are saved through faith. I like to say grace is this, Jesus plus nothing. And then he says this, by grace we're saved through our faith. But that faith is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So Paul said this, the Holy Spirit said this, even the faith you have to believe in Christ came from God. Everything I have to make my salvation possible came from God. Uh, isn't that wonderful? So faith is a gift, and you and I are stewards of our faith. And so we don't want to be believers that use our faith one time to get saved and then park it for the rest of our lives. We want to keep it employed in God's Word. <laughs> Second point, here's what faith does. Here's the operation of faith. Our faith comes alive when we hear God's Word. So faith is fueled by God's word. God's word feeds, strengthens, builds our faith. God's word in faith becomes strong. That's how faith works. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, for faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. Now that whole chapter, that part of that chapter is talking about the, the saving work of Christ. That someone preaches because they're sent so people can believe and call upon God and be saved. No one can be saved unless they call. They can't call unless they hear. They can't hear unless someone preaches. They can't, someone can't preach unless they're sent. This five-part this five passage. But he says this. They get saved because they heard. The message of salvation awakens the faith to be saved. Did you know the message of divine healing awakens the faith to be healed? So, so in this passage, we understand something, that God's word has a specific directed assignment concerning the promise that I receive. And when I have faith, something, something awakens inside of me that God says you can have that. So, so here's kind of the process. I hear God's word. And it's not just my physical ears. I have spiritual ears. You and I have spiritual ears. And the Holy Spirit that animates, he illuminates, he gives revelation to that word. And revelation is when that word comes alive on the inside, a rhema word, a speaking word, a, a living word. I, it, I, I feel it. Like when you read the Bible and something just jumps out and pierces you, and you, you feel it. God's speaking to you through that promise. So the moment that faith comes through a revelatory moment, God's telling you, you can have that. It's not just a feel-good thing. It's not just another theological construct for your your brain's doctrinal archives, it's God saying, you can have that. Faith saying, wow. So when I read the Bible, I, I don't want to pick on my reformed or my evangelical friends that contextualize everything to the point of making the Bible powerless. Well, that was written to the church of Philippi. I know they, they all did. It's in the Bible because it's written to me too. And when God said he would meet all my needs, well, that was for the church at Philippi. Yeah, 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 yeah. And me. I receive it as if Christ was standing right in front of me and said, I'm going to meet all your needs by my riches and glory. It's written for me. God's word is alive and filled with power. It's living. It's living. So when it comes to me, it awakens inside of me the faith to believe it. It can come to pass. Can have an amen from the Southern Baptist congregation. Paul was preaching in the city of Lystra. And while he's preaching, the Bible says, he's preaching the word. And he's watching a dude, a crippled man that had never walked. So he's preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's preaching the Bible. He's preaching the gospel of Christ. As he's doing it, he notices a man that's crippled. He sees faith in the man. And the longer Paul talks, the greater the faith comes. And Paul finally stops preaching. It took a lot to make Paul stop preaching. He preached all day and night. He preached so long, someone fell asleep out of the balcony, fell down and died. He went over and raised him from the dead, but he preached 10 hours, whatever it was. Paul stopped preaching and said, stand up, sir. A man that had never stood, stood up. His faith healed his body. Oh, you're almost with me today. Your faith can make you well. Out of the miracles of Christ, several dozen miracles recorded specifically in the Bible, over half of them address and acknowledge the faith of the participant as being the key thing that brought their healing. 
Your faith has made you well. Go your way. Your faith has made your daughter well. Go your way. Your faith has made your servant well. Christ acknowledged their faith as being a key component in the healing journey of that narrative. Your faith can save your family, heal your body, heal your marriage, bring the right spouse to you, deliver your mind, bless your business, bring revival to Phoenix, bring a great awakening to America. Come on. So, so faith is this powerful. Hebrews 11 says this about Sarah. By faith, Sarah, verse 11 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, received strength to conceive seed. She bore a child when she was past age. She's 90. Because she judged God faithful who had promised. So let me ask you this. Have you judged him faithful? So when you read the Bible, you have to decide. See, the, the problem with over-contextualizing everything is it takes it takes it out of the orbit of your responsibility to believe it. Well, that was written to the church of Colossians. And to you. Without church of Ephesus. And to you. You put on the armor of God. You could be strong. You'll be filled with the Spirit. And, and so we want to make sure that we don't miss it. So have you judged him faithful? Do you believe the Bible is God's word? And do you believe it's true? Do you believe God is not a liar? And when the Bible says, he forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, how many can believe that? I believe it. Come on, by the end of this month, I want to have me a testimony for you. I'm standing on God's word boldly, not being moved by what my body is not seeing. <laughs> okay? She judged God faithful. Have you ever had a friend that every other sentence they spoke was untrue. Come on, I had, I had family me members, when they would make a promise, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. I, I promised to be there. Yeah, I know for sure you won't be there now. It's, 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 uh, thanks for the confirmation. That's the opposite. So, so God is, God the Bible says, watches over his word. To what? Fulfill it. He watches over his word. Any place his word is received by faith, he says, ah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He is faithful. Point number three. Stand in faith by believing God's promises. I know this is simple, but we want to get this. So, so Pastor, how do I live in faith? I believe the Bible. So we live in a time, so... You know, a couple years ago, beautiful Mary and I turned off the news. Some of you are depressed because you watch too much news. I don't watch any of them. Why? They're all liars. <laughs> Sorry, if you work for the media, God bless your lying heart. <laughs> what, what are you saying? They're not giving you information. They're giving you an agenda. And their agenda is contrary to the Word of God, and it often is just factually untrue. So rather than just uh, stay in the Word, stand on the Word, stand boldly. Listen, when you stand in faith, people will think you're stupid. What are you doing? 
You should be out there dating. You should be in the clubs. Going to find the right spouse. What, what, what are you doing? Just believe in God. But after you break through, they'll come to you and ask you for the secret of the miracle you got. Same people. Same people call you stupid in June will come to you in September and say, oh, oh, oh that's wonderful. You think I could have that too? Faith looks often foolish. The second part of this, speak faith by boldly declaring God's word. It was Matthew 20 years ago this month. We were in vacation in Laguna Beach, California, and I became our family. We rented a house for a week. I think that was the way we did it. And I became very sick with a doctor. Saw a specialist hospital. He diagnosed me with stage four cancer. Serious, serious cancer. He's talking about basically an untreatable cancer. Starts giving all the percentages of living and dying. So about midway through his, and I praise God for doctors. I love them and appreciate them. I appreciate my eye doctor in the season. Now, I leaned across the table. I could barely speak and I said, Excuse me, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. So, <laughs> it, it stupefied him. Uh -huh. You know, you can tell when someone's a church person when they're not. It's like, uh -huh. what kind of words are those? He said, what did you say? I said it again. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. It's Psalm 118 verse 17. So, what are you saying? Well, never let the devil have the last word. Speak faith, not fear. Speak God's word, not your own opinion or not negative circumstance. Faith does not deny the existence of problems. It just doesn't give power to them by belief or vocabulary. Okay, so we speak things. Joel chapter 3 says this. Let weak people say they're strong. Okay, you've got my attention now because it didn't say let strong people say they're strong. Let Anybody join the gym this year? Go to the gym. Got your trainer. You don't go to the gym and you, 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 know, you can't bench press much yet. The trainer just doesn't say to you, what a joke. You're embarrassing our institution. This is for strong, healthy, vibrant people, and you're here flabby. You're bouncing around. No, the trainer says, don't give up. I know you can't lift much now, but in six months, baby, you'll be doubling this. In a year from now, you'll be tripling. And just keep lifting and working your muscle. See, faith doesn't quit even when it looks bad. Faith keeps working. Faith keeps engaged. And keep, faith keeps talking strangely. Abraham's 99, Sarah's 89, and God visits them again. He said, Abram, your new name is Abraham. And God took a prefix of Yahweh and put it right into the middle of Abraham's name, Abram. And every time Abraham said his name, he said part of 
God's name. And every time God said his name, he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They took each other's names in covenant. And then Abraham means father of multitudes. Abram means exalted father. So he comes down from the mountain. He said, hey, everybody, my new name is father of multitudes. Now, if you worked for Abraham, you're like, oh, poor guy. Go, go and see now. 100 years old, thinks he's going to have a baby. Man, poor guy. You can't say anything out loud. But there must have been some curious opinions there until nine months later. Come on. When you talk faith, you see miracles. When you talk faith, you see miracles. Jesus said this, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two. The disciples wanted to learn about faith. They saw the fig tree wither. Christ cursed it. And they're, hey, how can we function in that kind of realm of authority? Jesus said, have faith in God. And then he said this, verily I say to you, whosoever. <laughs> I like that. Because anybody can be a faith giant. Anybody can be a faith champion. Anybody can use their faith to move mountains. Whoever says to this mountain of impossibilities, be removed and cast into the sea, it does not doubt in their heart, but believes the things they say shall come to pass. They'll have whatever they say. Is it too much for you today? Oh, oh, Pastor, you're talking. This sounds like faith stuff. Oh, yeah. It's from the Bible. The words of Jesus, who said I could move mountains by faith, by what I say, if I believe those words were powerful and true. I'm talking the mountain-moving, earth-shaking, giant-killing, revival-bringing, Holy Ghost-dynamic people. So Jesus said, you can do the same things. Here's, I keep my faith employed. In Romans chapter 4, the Bible talks about Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, the Jewish religion, and Christian faith. He's the father of everyone in faith. The Bible says this, God says to him, I've made you a father of many nations. That's Abraham, his name. In the presence of God, whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, faith makes the impossible possible. So God, some time ago, out of a realm of existence, we call the spirit world, where he lives. It's not a planet in the universe, it's a realm all around us, heaven. Okay, God said, I'm gonna make something today. And God said, let there be light. And he spoke time, space, and matter into existence in one sentence. There are billions of galaxies, the average Galaxy holds a billion stars because of one sentence from God. And God said, oh, by the way, when you really get filled with faith, 
you don't tell people how things are. You tell them how they're going to be. <laughs> she had, her son died. Her son was a miracle, the Shumanite woman. Her son died, though, in the field. She carried him to a room in her house, the prophet's chamber, and she sent for the prophet, and she's trying to maintain faith. And so along her journey to go get the prophet, people asked her, how is it going? And she said, it is well. In the Hebrew it reads, everything will be good. <laughs> her son's dead in the upstairs upstair bedroom. And she said, it's going to be good. Her faith carried her between the gap of a problem and to the promise fulfilled a miracle. Her faith bridged those worlds. Keep believing. I don't care how lost your family is. I don't care how backslidden someone is. I don't care how broken your body is. I think it was from uh, uh, way up north, a lovely older woman came here like, you know, 12, 13 years ago. She came to Phoenix. Her family put her in a hospice here to pass away. They expected it to be about four to six weeks. Her only request was, please let me go to Church for the Nations. So by ambulance and oxygen things, they bring her and she, she's in the back. So I, I was proud of her. <clears throat> After two or three services, I noticed she doesn't have oxygen anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After a month, I noticed she's not coming in a wheelchair. After about six weeks, she went back home completely healed to the city that knew she was dying. Now, all, you know, I don't know, we pray for people, but her faith got her there. Just get me to church. Get me to church. <laughs> Ooh, that's wonderful, Jesus. So the Bible goes on to talk about this dynamic in Matthew chapter 8. Verse 5 says this, Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion, a soldier with a hundred soldiers under him, came to Jesus, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented, sick and suffering. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. So this man had a good reputation. He was spoken highly from the Jewish leaders in the Jewish community. And so Christ offered to come and pray for his servant. And something crazy happened. The centurion answered Christ and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I've often thought maybe he just was worried about his wife. Bringing home guests without announcing, telling her. Yeah. I don't know how your family works. I just know how some families work. Not you, sweetheart. Lord, I came home one Monday and said, honey, we're going on a trip tomorrow. She said, where? Korea. True story. I don't do that anymore. I, I, I've been tra trained. I'm not worthy you come under my roof, but only speak a word. And my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. 
I say to one soldier, go, and he goes. I say to another soldier, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So Jesus experienced the greatest expression of faith in his ministry by a non-church person, a non-religious person, a centurion soldier. And the soldier got it because he understood the Roman government, the Roman status of authority. He said, I have authority because I'm under authority. And he said, I see, you can only do what you're doing because you're under authority. He understood the kingdom because he understood the Roman Empire. And Christ marveled that he made the connection. And he said this, the centurion said, you don't have to come, just send your word there. Just speak a word only. You're almost with me. God wants you to believe your words can heal the sick even if you don't go there. God wants you to believe your words can save people, deliver people, help people. Send God's word. Uh, it was Sister Rose, a beautiful sister in our church who's helped us reach uh, refugees from Africa, both here and in Tucson. And she's an immigrant, I think, from Kenya or Liberia. I hope we, anyway, she met me a couple years ago in the parking lot. Pastor, 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 she came running to me. I said, what, what, what's the matter? I said to her, she says, my son in Kenya is a successful businessman. He's lost his mind. Witches have cursed him. He's in a mental institution. He's locked up in a padded cell. And he can't speak. He can't think. So I grabbed Rosa's hands and I said, God, your word says in Psalm 107, verse 20, you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. In the mighty name of Jesus, we send a healing word to that sick man. I command him to come to his right mind, to awaken out of the slumber. I break every curse and I loosen his recovery in Jesus' name. And then we prayed five minutes and I went to, came in here for church service. Next Sunday, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. Yes, Miss Rose, my son is healed. Months in the asylum, she said, I asked my son, tell me the time of day when you came into your right mind. And she said, it was the exact moment we prayed in the parking lot. Don't let the devil tell you because they're far away. You can't make a difference in their life. You speak God's word to them. You prophesy and pray. You stand and watch God do miracles in your world. I've seen that happen many, 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 many times. And God loves us to move in that realm of faith. Speak a word only. Speak the word only. Join your faith to God's word and watch what God will do in your story. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now here's a good way of expanding and understanding that verse. If you can believe the promises I've given you, every promise I've given you that you believe in is possible to be fulfilled. So, so faith comes from God's word. God's promise inside of me, when I have faith for it, it becomes possible. Well, Pastor, how, how do I become strong? Well, like the guy in the gym, you, you start lifting weight. You feed your faith. You feed your faith. Feed your faith God's word day and night. Feed your faith. Starve your doubts. 
starve your fears. Feed your faith. Faith changes things. Okay. A person who prays in faith will expect God to answer their prayers. I love it when people pray in this church because they expect God to do things. They expect prayers to be answered. You keep praying, watch God keep. Last scripture, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, the apostles said to Jesus, increase our faith. Of course, we would have said the same thing, watching Christ do what he did, exercising his faith. So Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, speak to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Jesus said, here's how potent faith is. If you have this much faith, you can move mountains. It's not the size of your faith, it's the size of your God. But you have to use your faith to see your God. Come on. Don't keep your faith. So, so, so Jesus said, I keep my faith employed. Any employers we have here, you have employees. Such an exciting thing. So what would it be like as an employer if your employees didn't work? I know that's the new promised land of this generation. I don't want to shock anybody, but before God made Adam, he created a job for him. Just read the Bible. What would it be like you're paying people and they're, they're not doing anything? You wouldn't be happy. He said, I've employed you for this specific task. And so faith has a missional task. It's up to us to employ it by belief. Stay with me, almost done. If you have faith, he said, you'll move things. And he said, which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to the servant when he's coming from the field, come in at once, sit down and eat, stop working. But rather you'd say to him, prepare something for my supper, gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk and afterwards you can eat and drink. So, so he says this, make sure that the faith that got a breakthrough in your life, that you don't park it for 10 years. Keep it employed. Part of the reason I, I've given away 19 cars. And part of the reason I do, <laughs> my poor wife. About 10 of those, I just came home. I gave away my car today. You, you did what? Yeah, I gave my car away. But I believe God, and God's given me 19 cars. Maybe 20 cars, that when I have now. I never tell people when I do it, except I'm telling you now, but I don't tell people when I give away a specific car. But I, I do things across my life. That's just a small thing. I keep my faith active. I'm believing for souls, believing for miracles, believing for this, believing standing, believing for the city, believing for the nation, believing for the nations, believing for revival, keeping my faith active, keeping it employed. Why? It's made to work. It's made to work. And so we want to be people that keep our faith employed. God rewards faith. A, faith, a person 
who obeys God in faith expects God to honor and reward their obedience. A person who speaks God's word in faith will expect their words to come to pass. God rewards faith. Your faith can bring salvation to your whole family. Your faith can bring healing to your body and others. Your faith can break the grip of the devil off of people's life. Your faith can bring revival to this city and your city. Your faith can bring heaven to earth. Your faith can release blessings and provision. Your faith can bring you a godly spouse. Your faith can bring God's blessing into your business. Your faith can bring God's healing to your body. Your faith can make a difference. When faith is weak in some area of your life, feed it the promises of God until it becomes strong. Fear, doubt, and unbelief are the enemies of your faith, but they can be overcome when you strengthen your faith with God's word. I'm talking the mountain moving, end time, Holy Ghost filled champions here that are making a difference. Thank you for listening to me today. Would you please stand to your feet?